Hello, friends, and uh, welcome back. So, uh, of course, of course, ugh, if I can talk right, uh, recording post Oscar night. So, um, it's kind of strange. I don't know if any of you uh, listening right now did watch the Oscars, but I thought it was kind of strange having no host. Sort of bizarre. Really relied on each individual presenter, but basically, you know, no controversy. It was really boring for lack of a better word um highlights though of course opening act to have queen perform although pretty lackluster i mean it was what like two and a half songs maybe at the most um and of course to see rami walk home with the best actor is you know congrats to him and of course all everyone nominated all the winners all that jazz um it's just you know where due diligence is due i just definitely have to commend great work so um talk great work um basically gonna dive into a documentary series another netflix original i think you guys all know what we're gonna be talking about today um because i think i just spoiled it but uh yeah let's dive right in He didn't look like anybody's notion of somebody who would tear apart young girls. My name is Ted Bundy. I've never spoken to anybody about this. But I am looking for an opportunity to tell the story as best I can. A person of this type chooses to think for a reason. Possession, control, violence. There was something unique about Ted's brain. He talked in terms of a voice in his head, and this voice would start saying things about women. He had very blue eyes. When he really got going, his eyes went absolutely black. Murder leaving a person of this type hungry, unfulfilled, would also leave him with the obviously irrational belief that that the next time he did it, he would be fulfilled. And the next time he did it, he would be fulfilled. Or the next time he did it, he would be fulfilled. Theodore Bundy has escaped, suspected of dozens of sex killings in Washington State, Idaho, Utah, and Colorado. I think things are going to work out. That's about all I can say. Bundy is acting as his own lawyer. What is unusual to see is that many of the onlookers are women. Are you a little scared when you look at him? He just doesn't look like the type to kill somebody. Serial killer Theodore Bundy has escaped once again. One of the FBI's most wanted men. He was charming, good-looking, smart. Are you sure you have the right guy? That's right, guys. We're diving into the one, the only conversations with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. Sorry to sound really excited. Um, I was pumped when I first heard about this. I, I'm a true crime junkie, as I'm sure I've admitted here before. And to actually have, of course, the one, the only Ted Bundy highlighted I was totally thrilled, uh, totally psyched, and really great timing Netflix to tie that in closely around the release of Zac Efron's trailer. I think there's a conspiracy there, but I'm maybe perhaps the only person that believes it. So um, yeah, for those of you who don't know what Conversations with a Killer is, it is a documentary television series basically highlighting the one, the only Ted Bundy. And I'm not highlighting him like a superhero. I am highlighting him for the crazy motherfucker that he really was. And we are going to dive into that because this show, you know, highlights some of that. And then at the same time, 
definitely avoided some of the really gory details, which I'm shocked. Netflix, you guys, you know, it goes ball, you guys go balls to the wall for everything. So just kind of shocking that they kind of hold back a bit, but perhaps that was our director. But uh, this four-part series created and directed by Joe uh, Berlinger. For those of you who don't know who this is, um, basically the mind behind uh, the Paradise Lost films. So we've come a long way. And this man knows how to present uh, a thesis at uh, essentially his direction. Because um, this is beautifully shot. <clears throat> and essentially putting together um, interviews, archival footage, and just kind of like chop footage from the 70s. And, you know, basically kind of tying together to give you a feel of what the world looked like. What it felt like to be living at this era. Um, you know, I just thought it was beautiful. It's just so well done, and that alone is captivating. You you don't even have to really care much for the story or the details that, that are Theodore Bundy. So this isn't a true crime podcast. I'm not going to dive into the details of Ted Bundy, what made him become what he was, although I'm sure I could kind of go off a little bit of memory. Um, but for those of you that did watch this, I highly recommend that you get out there and read the book that it's based off of. Not to mention Anne Rule and The Stranger Beside Me. That's what opened my doors. Uh, or, oh, that sounds dirty. That's what basically opened Pandora's box for me when it came to Ted Bundy. And Anne Rule does a wonderful job about really giving a nice fair field for both the victim and the killer. So it's, it's just unlike this one, which seems to really focus in on Ted, but we'll dive into that, um, and expand on what I mean by that here shortly. So as I said, um, four part series, starting with the handsome devil, I mean, this one essentially is just giving you all the details. So if you don't know what, who Ted Bundy was kind of gives you an idea of quickly what his childhood was like, which really skimmed a lot of details. Again, I'm not going to dive into it, but missed a lot of little finer details and are very important to essentially understanding why he snapped. Um, and of course, later talking about the evidence and just things building and just the, the first few crimes and how people were like, ah, that's not our head. So of course, this starts to build up. So we move on to episode two, One of Us, which really expands on the friends and close family family for lack of a better word um that just basically were like no it couldn't be him um and this really dives into like like skamamish hope i'm saying that right um uh details essentially you know showing how he was a facial chameleon and essentially from the sketch to the actual photo how some of the girls that saw him witnesses said "Eh -eh, that ain't the man so kind of shows you how he was able to show up in law enforcement's eyes and then at the same time completely disappear um it's just mind-boggling the evidence was right there but um i mean again this is the early 70s they have no idea what they're dealing with so um eventually we lean to the eventual capture uh and one of the first escapes so essentially that dives into episode three not my turn to watch him and finally burn buddy burn um you know basically the theme um and the chant behind the final execution um so you know basically details in between i the story is just fucking nuts it's all i you just you're 
to understand it all, to understand where he came from, how he was able to get across the States without so much as just a blip on the radar is unfathomable. Ugh, I can't even talk today. It's just, it just doesn't register to me. Um, and essentially that's probably just my upbringing. I mean, I live in the golden age of social media where you literally cannot turn around with it, something being there. But this was long before that, you know, these were pages or this was before pages. This was before, you know, text message, just simple texts. Uh, you know, this is it, just as they explained to us, um, you know, this was just simple mail telephone when they could do it. Um, and you know, nothing had pictures, which blows my mind with the fake IDs and stuff that he was able to get away with. So, um, I mean, just, I'm going to ramble through my thoughts as I just powered through each one of these episodes. Um, and I have to admit, I've watched it several times. <sighs> that sounds really weird. Like, um, obsessive. I, I, I'm not trying to highlight Ted. It's just true crime has always fascinated me. And I think I missed out on a, a, uh, a calling perhaps, but, um, essentially, uh, going forward, perhaps I'll be able to share this fun little details with you guys. So, um, Tying in with a, uh, a weird conspiracy idea that I've heard, didn't realize how much uh, Ted looked like George W. Bush. And essentially, there is a conspiracy about Ted and George getting switched because George was actually a bad kid. Ted was good, so he kind of takes over George's position. I'm sure it's highly unlikely, but for those of you that are into conspiracies definitely worth looking up. It's it's pretty fucking funny. So, um, as I said, Netflix, four episodes. Um, one thing I have to say about Netflix, you guys are, you know, our previous true crime shows are making a murderer, the keepers. You guys are big into your scoops, your huge plot twist. This one doesn't really have it. I mean, I can't really say that they're giving away any details that were new to me outside of a couple things that we're going to go over here. Um, but, uh, essentially it's pretty tame on the register. It kind of just goes, if you were to see it on a, on a screen, it would just be kind of a one line. Um, not to say that it's bad though. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. As I said, I watched this multiple times. It's beautiful cinematography. So, um, Essentially, you know, we're going to get to the root of what made Bundy an unstoppable monster watching this. Um, and they kind of give you some of the details, like I said, but they skim a majority of it. Um, but essentially, you're able to get an idea of his ability to do his deeds, how he was excited for it. Um, and essentially, Bundy's excitement is totally from another realm. It's It's creepy. I mean, even just it's when you get to him being in front of the judge and essentially going over his trial, you know, it's, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. But at the same time, when he's interviewing that police officer, the first one who showed up um, to the sorority house, it's uncanny. It's just unnerving. His, you know, want for more details and just this excitement in his eyes. And it's, it's very, like I said, unnerving and creepy, and it just gets under your skin. <clears throat> so as I said, this is a beautiful crime documentary. Um, but at the same time, 
the, uh, you know, from our Paradise Lost guys, it's, it's a bit of a disappointment because they made Bundy out to be such a freaking boogeyman. I mean, he really was. He, he truly was. But at the same time, they kind of just put him up on a bit of a pedestal for me. Um, we don't want to highlight that. Let's focus more on the victims. These were real people with real lives, real families, friends. You know, and I found I felt like they really skimmed over that and just focused in on on Ted's thoughts. Um, so uh, at the same time, really gave me an appreciation for how duped those people were that Ted was able to trick into believing that, you know, he could be friendly. So um, that one friend, I wish I caught his name. It looks like I didn't write it down, but he was essentially the one that got him into politics and the Volkswagen bug. I mean, gotta feel bad for him. But at the same time, apparently this guy likes to brag a little bit about it. You know, he got the Volkswagen idea from me. And he, after kind of seeing some research and looking into that, it's very evident when you watch it. It's He's also just as equally creepy as Ted in a way for his odd excitement over it. So um, also speaking of odd excitement, that sheriff from Tallahassee, I mean, I get it. You definitely put the devil in handcuffs, but to put him in front of a, um, you know, press conference to go over his charges, it just, it was so dumb. So dumb. He parades this around just like, uh, you know, like his freaking trophy, which it is metaphorically, but at the same time, it's a crime and it shouldn't be highlighted the way that he did. So um, from there, we move on to, uh, of course, Ted getting, um, you know, his courtroom sketches, which kind of made him look all fucked up. But kind of funny how he was this facial chameleon. I mean, like I said, at Lake Skamamish, how we had seven people say that's not him. It's just crazy. But at the same time, you know, to put that that sketch in the paper and even friends said, well, it kind of looks like him, but it's not our Ted mind-blowing and I think I've highlighted that point at least six or seven times I feel like this podcast um as I said this podcast does not get into the murder details and I do not want to highlight it like I am some gore junkie but essentially they kind of highlight it towards the end but for those of you that don't know yeah he was cute yeah he's attractive Bundy was a necrophiliac who enjoyed chopping off their heads um, and essentially it, it, at some point he was, no, it, he did cut off the head of one of his victims and tossed it in the fire of his, his current girlfriend, hoping to get rid of it. Um, not to mention just, it, he, uh, you know, altogether he's just an overall creep with some of these details. The necrophilia alone, he would return to the bodies until they started to fall apart. They do not talk about that part you know, which I thought was really not that, not that you need to have that gore, but at the same time you want to paint this man for the boogeyman that he is, then tell me all of the horrible things that he did. So as I said, he was a horrible fucking man, but at the same time, totally built for politics, had that lie. And I think it's absolutely fucking hilarious that he's a Republican. (coughs) Pardon me. Now, um, <clears throat> as I was saying, it, it's funny, um, it, it isn't, well, I shouldn't say funny, it's 
disappointing when you look at the case of Ted Bundy, especially when he got to defend himself in front of the judge, as well as just all the little details about asking for, you know, I need more light, I need this. It's just the absolute definition of mediocrity. And, you know, and I guess being in the 1970s, white Republican, you can get that luxury. But it even in today's standards, I just, I would hope that someone would kind of bat an eye, you know, kind of like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Um, and it's just to see him defend himself up there. And especially when you see him like cycling through his lawyers, I just wanted to hit him like you fucking loser. Um, so didn't realize this, but, um, Anne Rule had always talked about the trigger. So Ted's trigger, the female that basically caused him to go into this spiral, it was always referred to as Steph Brooks. Um, and essentially it's not until this documentary and I'm not going to provoke it by using her real name. I'm going to continue to call her Steph Brooks, but they essentially blew the lid off this woman's life, showing pictures, giving her full name. And I totally agree. She is not to be involved. She is just as much a victim as his murder victims, even though she still is able to continue on her life. Um, you know, it's they shouldn't blame her. I thought it was very sleazy the way they kind of did that. Um, Ted's just a really bad ex-boyfriend. And I, I got to give Anne Rule credit for, you know, calling her a total alias and trying to protect her. But it's... Netflix and you guys wanting to get that scoop um, after watching the new Fire documentary, it's pretty evident you guys are trying to blow the lid off of something, uh, whatever that may be. Good luck. <laughs> Till then, I you know I'm definitely appreciating the high quality documentary footage. <clears throat> now the two escapes are very cool when it comes to prison escapes. If you're a fan, Bundy is your man. Um, I mean. Just the fact that he was able to, you know, cut himself out, lose all that weight, wiggle him, wiggle his way through. It's just unbelievable. Um, not to mention, I guess, later details, and I don't really get into this, is essentially he hitchhiked, told the car driver, you know, he's wearing um, one of the prison guards uniforms, told the car driver um, that his wife was going into a labor in another town and he had to go. So having a credit card being part of the legal defense, he used that to buy a plane ticket and basically off he went long before they even knew he was out of his cell. So you got to give him credit there. Very clever minds. Um, and, uh, you know, knew how to use it. And of course, just the second time, uh, I have my notes mixed up. So that's the second escape, losing all the weight. The first one's just jumping out of the, uh, the building and um essentially you know just to kind of pull that one over on everybody just hope i have these right if i don't please correct me reach out to me let me know <laughs> but um essentially uh his ability to just pull the wool over everyone's eyes even that final fucking judge who um essentially you know had basically told him um that it, Sorry, I'm just getting lost in my notes. Sorry, I'm all over the place here with my notes. So as I was saying, um, essentially, you know, being able to use everything that he did going forward. I mean, this is the full extent of white privilege. And I'm not one of those people who get into that. But 
I really hope someone would open an eye towards this whole case if this ever repeated itself. Gotta point out that smug laugh of Ted Bundy's is fucking atrocious. Truly points out how fucking crazy he is. Um, And I gotta say, nowhere along the line did any police officer hurt him, abuse him in any way. And that's really disappointing to me. I mean, this second time around when he was arrested, he's escaped on you guys. You didn't want to like hit him a little bit. Like, come on, someone would definitely allow you to do that. Um, and uh, it just nowadays, I feel like, you know, essentially at one point during the arrest, he reaches for the officer's gun. The officer just basically hit him knocking him out and then away they went nowadays if anybody was to reach for the officer's gun that's three in the chest guaranteed so um it's just again a very evident to show you how different times were so the press conference as i point out you can see how much bundy loved being in front of the light being the center of attention it's so gross and that cross-examination of the cop on the stand that basically sealed the deal for me he's guilty and say what you want about the bite mark evidence saying that it isn't strong blah 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 it's evident he did it and you can see Bundy get all excited and the story about the impressions is is pretty remarkable um but uh essentially later of course you will get his confession but those who denied the bite mark evidence it's all within that cross-examination he totally did it. Now, getting into super crazy, let's talk a little bit about Carol Ann Boone. Um, I didn't think it was possible to have anybody worse than Bundy, but essentially we get a little idea about the fact that there is a Bundy child out there somewhere who has no idea who their father was. Essentially, Carol Ann Boone was in love with Bundy, um, ended up marrying him due to a weird law in Florida when you're on the stand, they propose to you, you're legally married. But essentially, she would end up having sex with Bundy in prison, getting pregnant. Um, and the weird photos of them as a family, it's just so bizarre. Now, um, like I had said earlier, they some of my qualms about this, they didn't focus much on the victims or the families. I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but not into great detail. And I think, you know, that could have made for a little bit more of a extensive, you know, season, perhaps even eight episodes. Wouldn't have been upset about that. Now, um, I have to say the final, uh, trial when Bundy is, uh, uh, given his, uh, sentence, the, just the fact that that judge loved him so much. Again, talk about white privilege. Just a waste of life. And I would have loved to have seen you work in front of me and all this ch- blah, blah, blah. It's just so disgusting. Um, And, uh, you know, basically from there, we're dealing with Bundy being in prison. And it's, you know, just disgusting trying to watch him wiggle his way out. As the man got what he, he deserved, which, you know, was a trip to old Sparky. Now, um... You can call this new, not really. It's very similar to the book from 1989. They really don't show you anything new. Like I said, it's 
I think it's a bit of a cash grab tying in a little bit with the Zac Efron trailer. Now, some people have heard are upset about this trailer. Others, very excited. I'm one of those people. I think they're doing a pretty neat job with a pretty taboo subject. Um, you know, I it's, it's hard to show a serial killer. It's hard to present that in a reasonable fashion. I mean, look at Dexter. I remember watching that show and so many people telling me why. Why do you watch it? Um, and essentially, you know, it's it's a dark thesis, but it's it's how you bring forward the uh, the art, right? So it's, you know, you can paint a pretty terrible picture, but at the same time, it still can be wonderful all at the same time. So kind of hoping they do the same and so far from the trailer i think sac efron is gonna nail it now um as i said they really don't talk much about the details i mean as i said he was into necrophilia he apparently used to put makeup on the heads he may have kept the women alive including the two girls from lake skamamish apparently leaving them in a barn for days having them watch each other as he murdered her and raped them just awful 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 details but i think these details should have been given to really give you a full story of how awful ted bundy was and you know kind of just hearing that towards the end in the third person which is the only way he could confess to his crimes is bizarre but again they didn't really explain that to you that he could only talk in the third person it wasn't so much of a just this idea it was that was the only way Ted could talk to you. So I feel like it would have been kind of neat to have a, perhaps like a psychologist or some something along that line. Um, that just had a little more detail than the one that they, they'd reached out to. He just, perhaps what I'm, I'm trying to say is more of a third party, um, you know, who hadn't talked to Ted, who had just basically reviewed these tapes and kind of gave us an analysis. I just thought that would, may have been interesting. <clears throat> Now, um, as I said, you know, all of the, all of these points, um, we now know point to basically a serial killer profile and going forward, these things don't, don't appear to happen anymore, but uh, literally a couple hours from my own hometown, we just put one away. It was someone who killed eight people. So it's, um, pretty interesting to think that, you know, these serial killers, can still exist even in today's standards with CCTV and all these uh, cameras watching us. Now, at the end of the day, I, um, you know, in a quick summary, I do want to say, you know, always remember the crime, guys, and know the victim. Do not, you know, basically highlight these individuals like superheroes. And it's something I hope I haven't done here. Um, I mean... Sounds weird to say, but Ted has always been a favorite serial killer of mine. But at the same time, you know, not in this bizarre way that I'm going to treat him like he's Batman or Superman. The second I start doing that with any serial killer, I am checking out. Um, But essentially, uh, you know, this crime, his crimes were so awful. And it's just fascinating how he was able to get away with it for so long. Now, um, I've always been fascinated with the psychology of the individual. So Bundy, you know, just his outright denial for everything is, is truly interesting. Um, and 
you know, just goes to show this real true dark side of human nature. Um, and it's, it's there. It's, it's something we don't want to admit it's there, but it is. And I can't help but feel that if something perhaps was done right along the way, Ted may have lived a different life, but at the same time, I think this guy was hardwired differently. Anyone who had met him just said he, he wasn't right the way he spoke. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, what, what makes a serial killer that's, you know, up for the psychologists and, and those two uh, profilers to interpret. So I, mean, I, I don't believe I have the qualifications to do so. Um, till then, Bundy will always remain a favorite of mine. Uh, just truly fascinating subject. So as always, guys, thank you all for listening. Um, reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. You know, prove me wrong. Tell me I'm right, perhaps. Um, you know, just say hi, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, as always, uh, you know, I love hearing from you guys. And um, if you're feeling really optimistic and really happy, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. Definitely, um, you know, helps people, uh, you know, put out the scare view and lets people hear my annoying voice. And as always, guys, keep calm, stay creepy.